the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Welcome to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer on Facebook Live for the first hour. I'm your host, John Anthony. Charles Love is off today. So I called a good friend of mine, another good friend. Uh, I said, hey, look. I need your help. I said, uh, I need you to come sit in and guest host with me. And she goes like, boy, bye. <laughs> <laughs> my, my good friend, the one and only, she's been my tax accountant for 16, 16 years now. About 16 years. Mm-hmm. The one and only Alicia, Miss Alicia Benford. Thank Welcome you. to the show. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me on your show today. So yeah, you, you ready for this? You uh-huh. ready for two hours of crazy? I am ready. I deal with you every day. So I get more than two hours of crazy. <laughs> Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now, be prepared for Alicia to do a lot of that at me because she treats me like I'm her little 12-year-old um, brother. Like 12-year-old. I didn't say, I'm 43. Mm-hmm. Well, 12-year-old. act like the 12-year-old brother at times, so I have to treat you the way you behave. <laughs> so, I mean, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. Hoff Daddy knows who you are. Yes. Jim Minardi knows who you are. Why don't you tell our listeners about who you are, what you've, what, what, what do you do, what have you been up to, what did you once run for, what, what position you hold now? Sure. I am Alicia Benford, 19-year resident of Bolingbrook, grew up on the west side of Chicago, um, got involved in politics about seven years ago, became a DuPage Township trustee, um, recently ran for election this last cycle uh, for state representative. Crazy. I was not successful, um, but I remain on the township board uh, to complete my term there and have been enjoying my life in the Bolingbrook community, raising my children and my grandchildren. Oh, that's awesome. You know, one of, the, one of the things I've always liked about you, you're a person that always speaks your mind. You don't care who the person are, uh, or who the person is, I should say. Uh, you've gone against your own party. <laughs> you're just, you're just a, a, a rabble rouser, right? Well, I tend to... A barter on the side of right. So right is not always everybody in your political party. So you have to be able to discern that and make sure that you're always working within the confines of the law. And you have to call it out, unfortunately, even when it's members of your own party. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we we are part of of, of the minority of the minority being uh, two black people who are in the Republican. Because we are members of the Republican Party. Absolutely. Um, Sometimes that gets a little dicey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes it's uncomfortable for individuals who are a part of the Republican Party because they're just not used to our frank answers sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I, I, I'm really I'm really um, happy that you joined the show today. And I think we're going to have a lot, a lot of fun. What do you think? I think we're going to have a lot of fun, too. You know, one of the reasons I'm a member of the Republican Party is because people told me I couldn't be. So I decided that I'm going to do what I feel is best for me and what's best for my family and their interests. And that's one of the main reasons I'm a member of the Republican Party. So well, thanks for having me on, John. No, no, no problem. Um, I, I'm just excited. Hey, listen, if you don't know, go on Facebook right now, Black and White Radio. Go and share this feed. 
uh, Start Watch Parties, Black and White Radio. Uh, you can follow me at J. Anthony Speaks on Facebook. I'm also at J. Anthony Speaks on Twitter. Wait, what can people follow you? They can follow me at Alicia Benford for Illinois on Facebook and Alicia Benford for Illinois on Twitter. Awesome. So um, we're, we're waiting on our first guest. So while we're waiting on our first guest to come on, um, talk to me about impeachment. You've, you've kind of evolved with your um, on your your likability of, uh, of, of, of the, this current president occupant of the White House. Right. I will say that I have woken up a little bit. I'm a little bit more awake to uh, what is going on in the media. So I have learned that I need to know the entire story for myself and understand exactly the all of the moving parts before I make a decision on anything. I'm just not going to blindly follow what the media says. And, and yesterday, you know, you and I were going back and forth about um, the ambassador when she was um, um, testifying yesterday yes. on, on Capitol Hill. Um, you, you and I were going back on that. What t- t- go into that conversation a little bit, and and. and <laughs> What were your what, what were your rev- revelations about that? OK, so I literally watched the entire testimony while I was working on nonprofit returns. I wanted to figure I wanted to find out what was her smoking gun, because I'm assuming she's the second witness. So there really is going to be something that she's bringing to the table that's going to be a smoking gun. Um, what I did find out was that uh, she was, let you know, released as an ambassador before the phone call happened. She, in her own testimony, said that she had no knowledge of any bribery. She had no firsthand knowledge of the phone call either. So I was trying to find out the point of bringing her in as a witness. While I do understand that she made it perfectly clear that she did not like the fact that the president was tweeting about her after she was out of office. Mm -hmm. And I can understand that. Okay, Um, but I just couldn't understand what she brought to the table that would make anything he did towards her in impeachable offense. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, this is this is what I gathered from it. Uh, she was somebody who brought in an emotive aspect of this whole impeachment process. And what I mean by that, um, they were able to tie emotions into this with, mm-hmm. with, with her. Because why else is she there? She had no direct knowledge or contact. She wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even in the, p- p- the post as ambassador. So why bring her in? You know, why to bring her in? Because of this, this, this is very calculated by by Nancy Pelosi, uh, Shifty Shift, uh, who I think every time I look at him, I say to myself, how is this man in Congress? And how, when you, he's just ridiculous when he when you look at how he's um, when you look at how he's controlling everything, the, the whole aspect of the impeachment process. Mm-hmm. Where, 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 where do the Republicans fight back? How do they fight back? They have they have to use the rules and they have to do what they can to fight back, because the argument is going to be when the Republicans had control of the House and Paul Ryan was in charge. Did he let the Democrats speak? And if he didn't, then now it's it's no fun when the rabbit has the gun. Now the shoe is on the other foot and they feel like what they had to do to get their voices heard. They want the Republicans to do the same thing. And we have to do that. Yeah, because but but I think let's go back to this, because mm -hmm. I think it goes further back to the last impeachment that we, we you and I witnessed mm-hmm. with Clinton. When you looked at the bipartisan aspect of, of that impeachment process, I don't see that today. I don't see, because uh, right now, everything has to go through Adam Schiff. And the thing, I, I, I made a post about this, the, um, I think it was last night or the other night. When you look at how he's going about this whole process, and you know, he, you, as you call it, what, gaveling everybody down, mm-hmm. 
That didn't happen during the Clinton impeachment process. That that simply did not happen. Well, he was he was very free with the gavel on yesterday. And I do agree with you. It was all emotion. It was emotion. It was emotion. It was emotion because everyone that spoke to the ambassador, they said, how did you feel? How did that make you feel? I'm not taking anything away from her years of service to this country. um, But if. It was not about how you feel is not an impeachable offense. So I'm still trying to understand what 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 did her testimony bring to the table that was an impeachable offense? Yeah. And and, and I think I, when you look at Ambassador Volker, when you look at Solon, who's going to be testifying soon, I, I really think that and I think that's why they're saving them for last, because they know I think it's going to put. Hopefully, but knowing these people that are running this process now, it might not. But I, I hope it puts the final nail in closing this impeachment process. Uh, but I doubt it. Well, why wouldn't they start with the strongest witnesses? You think they're going to finish with the strongest witnesses? Now, the other issue I had is that they had to stop testimony to go back to the basement. All of these elected officials are technically they work for us. You know, we pay their salaries with our tax dollars. I think it should all be out in the open and in the public. I get if they don't want to, you know, disclose who any witnesses are for for whistleblower protection purposes. I understand that part. But I don't understand why all of the other hearings have to be in the basement and then they decide what they want to bring up. There it is. For the public. There you have it. Let us see it all. I don't I doubt we'll, if we'll ever see it all because because of what they're trying to do. But we know. should see it all. We should. We I should. want to be able to make an informed decision on if he should be impeached, not based off of what the media has told me, but based off of the facts of what has occurred. All right. You heard it from Alicia Benford. So, Alicia, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about um, this upcoming election. What do you think it's going to take for the Democrats to win this election? Hmm. What do I think it's going to take for the Democrats to win the election? Yeah. I think, first of all, I think they have always just counted on the black vote, regardless. They've always assumed that black people are going to vote Democrat no matter what. I think now there are more and more people that are literally waking up and saying, help me understand what my vote has, what my vote, what my loyalty to the Democrat Party has brought me in all of these years. Right. And now they have to be able to have that tangible result for people because people are not just going to vote, vote blindly for them just because they're a Democrat. So what was your walkaway experience? You know, you hear everybody talking about the walkaway. What mm-hmm. what led you to walk away from the Democrat Party? There were a couple of things. Like I told you before, um, I'm usually the type of person you can usually get my attention when you tell me that there is something that I cannot do. I know that I have a right to be a Republican or a Democrat if I choose to. And the more I started to follow some of just the Republican ideals. Now, I'm not saying that I 100 percent agree with everything Democrat or everything Republican. But when I moved to the Bolingbrook area, one of the main things that I saw is that the Republican Party in the Bolingbrook was extremely diverse and they were doing great things for the people in the community, regardless of, you know, rich, poor, indifferent. Mm-hmm. They were extremely diverse and they were doing things for the people in the community. Right. 
I was originally appointed to the position of township trustee. I didn't ask for that. I was just actually very active in the community. And when there was an opening, I was asked to join the township board by the Republican Party. So when it came time to run for reelection, I ran on the Republican ticket for reelection uh, with a group of individuals. That is kind of how I walked away and got my start in the Republican Party by one doing something that people said that you can't do and making sure that I joined an organization that was doing good things in the community. And I knew that I would have a voice, yeah. even if I was a new person. there. And, 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 and that's kind of similar to, to, to my plight. Um, one of the things that I found out was that I had a greater voice in the Republican Party than I did in the, in the Democrat Party mm-hmm. because everything was so shut down and so top heavy controlled. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Republican Party, I mean, I think especially here in Illinois, one of the reasons is probably is because the Democrat Party is more of a structured organization, whereas the Illinois Republican Party is sometimes can be all over the place. And because we have so many intra fights than the Democrats do, um, that was kind of sort of my own um, what I had to go through. Would, would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I mean, since I've become active in politics in the last six or seven years, I am now a member of the DuPage Township Republican Organization Board. I'm a member of the Will County Republican uh, Central Committee Board. So I'm able to at least work in my in my organization, in my community, not only as a member of the Republican Party, but also one of the leaders that can help lead us forward in the future. Well, that's you know what, and what 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 I hope to do is to make sure that we can create a create some type of system to help more people come out of that party because once you're there and then you come out, you you it's hell, mm-hmm. it's hell to be a a a, a black Republican. You just simply oh, it, it just it just doesn't work. It is. But, you know, one of the things I did, John, when I was winning over some of the Democrats when I was running for state rep, I would ask them one question. Tell me what your current state rep has done for you. Ouch. Sound like Donald Trump. Tell me how many times you've met your current state rep. And, you know, and not only now because she has somebody black running against her. You know, tell me what she's done. Tell me something tangible. So for me, let's take black and white off the table. Let's just talk about what has she done tangible in the Bolingbrook community. And I was hard pressed to find anyone to tell me what she had done tangible in the Bolingbrook community. And you know what? That's 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 amazing. And when you think about that, um, right in the county of DuPage, we have a young lady who's running. Uh, she right now she's the president of the uh, Frederick Douglass uh, of Illinois. Frederick Douglass Foundation. Foundation of mm-hmm. Illinois. Um, she's been a forty-year, I think, a forty-something year. Uh, uh, DuPage County resident, mm-hmm. um, somebody who's worked on many campaigns. She's worked on my, or even my own campaign. Welcome to the Black and Right, Babette Holder. And she worked on my campaign as well. Babette, jo- thanks for joining. Hey, good afternoon. Hi, John. Hi, Alicia. Hey, Babette. How are you? How's everything? I'm doing great. The, yeah, it's great. The weather's perfect. It's a beautiful day to get those last minute petitions in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there it is. We lost Babette. go so but abby we were going to interview her but we'll move on um i'm sure she'll probably call back um 
Anywho, anyhow, anyway, I, can, I, can I think you it. brought all this to the to the studio today. I didn't. I swear, I <laughs> all these technical difficulties. I have that not we're touched anything. I'm I just think it's all you here trying to share the watch party. It's nope. It's all you. <laughs> no, Babette has been a great um, leader of, of the Frederick Douglass Foundation, and I I met Babette. Um, ooh, I want to say maybe two three years ago. And she actually was worked. She worked on my campaign as well um, from a social media standpoint. So I was not um, your typical Republican in any form. When we had we hosted an event, kind of a go girl event to support women that were running for office. Uh Erica and Harold and I were the speakers. I think Evelyn Sanguinetti, also the lieutenant governor at the time, was a speaker. But I had the opportunity to introduce my entire campaign team and they were all African-American women. So to have a wow. Republican Party that I had a campaign team, I had a campaign manager, Deborah Anthony. I think you know that young lady. I don't know who that is. <laughs> yes, you do. I don't. Um, I had Babette Holder and Tennille um, Jackson both working my social media part of my campaign, doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job. So, And even my fundraising person was a female as I, well. I, I know that we lost her on the radio, but she, wanted me, no, she wanted me to share with... Her uh, her website holder for recorder of dot com. That's holder for recorder of dot com. We can't. I mean, we're not here to endorse her, um, but I'm, I, I I do know that Babette is a very good person. Um, she's somebody who who has worked so tirelessly mm-hmm. for so many people, so many campaigns, and yes. um, it will be interesting to see if she um, wins that seat for and the I page. I think she's back on the line. She's no, she's not. Oh, okay, she's no, she's she not. Was. Okay. My so um, while we wait for our next guest to come on the show. Um, you and I, we, we talked. Let's go back because you know me. I, I love talking about uh, impeachment. <laughs> <laughs> Charles would be like, oh, God, come on. Not again. <laughs> but we, we were talking about how the guy who said he overheard an ambassador's call. Mm-hmm. Where, 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 where does this come from? It just It's like, where were you when it actually happened? Now, all of a sudden, everything is falling apart. Now, you, oh, I overheard the ambassador and I overheard President Trump saying, this is what does yet. No, come on. Get the investigations. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's amazing. What do you think about that? I think that everybody loves their five minutes of fame at some point. And I'm not saying that that's the case because I haven't heard enough about that particular gentleman. But what what his statement actually brings me back to my original point of stop doing everything in the basement. Uh-oh. Bring it up. Let the American public hear every piece of what you all are hearing in those committees. There's nothing there that's confidential that we should not be entitled to hear. Let us allow us to make an informed decision and don't try to set the narrative for what you want us to decide. Correct. We should be able to do that on our own. We're smart enough to do that on our own. You know, um, during my time in Springfield, I met an individual who I, I personally I thought he's one of the smartest people in the room when I met him, uh, I met him through a former, another former state representative, um, Dennis Rebelletti. Rebelletti was like, Hey, you know, he's a former state representative. And I was like, Oh, that explains how, why he's so knowledgeable about, you know, state government and things of that nature. And I saw him make a post the other day. Mm-hmm. It said simply this, Randy Raymond candidate for state representative in the 45th legislative district. Ooh. Randy, Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, good morning. Or good afternoon, John. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, first and foremost, are you crazy? Did you, have you um, went and got your head checked yet? <laughs> <laughs> many, on many occasions, and I, and I do get that question quite often. Uh, 
I, I tell you, it, we were waiting to see what our party was going to do in this district, which I believe is a winnable district, and nothing was happening. Okay. And then they waited till the last minute to start doing some interviews. So I got upset about what was going on. And so I decided I was going to run because we needed somebody on the ballot. I felt I have good name recognition throughout the district. Yeah. And somebody has to, the Republicans got to win this back. What, 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 what are you looking at? I mean, uh, how's it looking? Um, where are you at? You almost done with petitions? Are you? Uh... Oh, yeah, we're way over 500 uh, petitions. I have support from all our township organizations. I was endorsed by Addison Township. Uh, I have support of many of the, the mayors throughout the district. So it's going very well. Uh, we have two more collections coming up next week, and we'll be ready to file on the 25th. Okay. I have a question for you. Hi, Randy. I'm Alicia Benford, Hi. and I'm actually with DuPage Township. So I oh, see yes. that you are current township supervisor for Wayne Township. Can you tell us just a little bit, because I got this question, of course, and I was running. Can you tell us how you plan to use your township experience as a state representative? Well, you have to go a little bit further back in my history. I was a township trustee for seven years. Then I was appointed and served in the state legislature for eight years. And now I've come back and became the township supervisor. So the benefits I have is being in both uh, local and state government. I have a lot of experience. I recently have gotten a lot accomplished for the township. Uh, we had an expansion project that was done. We got uh, grants to do the work, so we didn't raise taxes. Uh, we helped a lot of seniors. We expanded our WAYS program, which is Area Youth and Family Services. So, and we have a large uh, senior group. So I'm active with these people every day. I, I'm not... You know, as they say, it's a part-time job. I'm there every day, five, six hours a day. And, you know, getting close to the people, speaking with them, seeing what their concerns are, has always been the way I've done things politically. And I believe that will work well for me when I go to Springfield. And I agree with you there. And one of the other things I think you can bring to the table and you can share it with our listening audience Um as a township trustee, we recently have changed supervisors. Our supervisor resigned. It's a long story. Um, but, sure. but now there are some people in our community that are saying, oh, well, we should just do away with the township. People don't really always understand the fast, you know, everything that the township does. And I think having somebody like you in Springfield who, who has the experience as a trustee and as a supervisor, you would be able to advocate on some of the good things that the township has done. Do you agree, disagree? Uh, I certainly do agree. I, I was down there back in April when the legislature was promoting uh, Representative McSweeney's bill for McHenry and Lake Counties, and I testified and I, and I lobbied the legislators to tell them, you guys really don't understand what townships are doing. So I am also the um, township officials of DuPage County uh, president, and we have actively been promoting the, the nine townships here in DuPage County. We've put uh, full-page ads out to show that what we're doing. Uh, we go to local meetings with uh, the municipalities, and I've spoken, spoken in front of the county board. Hey, so when I go to spring, if hey, hey Randy, hey Randy, can we hold you over? Yes. Can we hold you over uh, over the break? We, I, I, there's yeah, one more question I would love to get in for you. Uh, you listen to Black Absolutely, and White right on AM five sixty. Answer. I'm John Anthony. She's Alicia Benford. Interact with us. Tell us what you think of the show or what you want us to talk about. We'll be right back. All the noise. This is Black and Right 
on AM560 with John Anthony and Charles Love. Welcome back to AM560, The Answer on Facebook Live. I'm John Anthony along with my guest co-hosts. Alicia Benford. Hello, everyone. Hi, Alicia. Hey, John. Uh, before we took the break, we were talking to former state representative uh, Randy Ramey and current, is it Wayne Township? Um, yes. Uh, are you the supervisor there now? Yes, I am. Yeah, uh, Randy Ramey. Um, one of the things I want to talk, I don't know if you saw the show last week that I did with Ron Sandat. We, we tackled a lot of what's wrong with Illinois and also solutions. Uh, and I, I think that's what I really want to delve in with you. How do we fix it? How do we fix the problem that's Illinois? Uh, when you look at we're dead last in almost every economical category that that's measured. Right. There are there are opportunities to get things accomplished, but obviously we need the other side of the aisle to come together with us to work on things. They obviously have their own way to do things, and that's what's been driving us down to be fiftieth in almost everything. Or if you want to say worse, that being bad, <laughs> uh, the you know w- w- there are bills that, that sit there that offer uh, solve that help solve these problems, but they don't get called into a committee yeah. or a hearing, as you are well aware. Oh yes. Um, and we just recently saw that President Cullerton's going to step down in January, so that might start to uh, bring the sides together because I know he was actually a little more. Uh, easier to work with besides speaker. But, uh, you know, I think there's got to be change in the speaker, too, so that we can really get together and start doing what's best for the state of Illinois. So, you know, there's a lot of things we can tackle, but they just never call the bills. Did you say change in the speaker? (laughs) And who would that be? (laughs) Well, well, for 40 years, we don't know, except for twice, right? Um, You know, they have to see that the things that have been going on for the last 40 years have caused us to go down. You know, you're, you're losing population, you're losing uh, businesses, you know, people are not happy with the way governments were being run, and all you see is more and more taxation. Where does that money go? <laughs> it just, they don't stop spending. They just create more spending. They don't pay the bills. Uh, you don't get uh, help business, and that's why we're at the bottom of the list and everything. I agree. So, Randy, um, talk to the listeners about where to find you, uh, how to come out and help the campaign. Uh, you have a website. you have anywhere to follow you on Facebook? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, RandyRamey.com is the web- website or .org. We got them both. And they go to the, the website there. We have a, um, a, 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 a Facebook presence at Randy Ramey for State Representative, 45th District. Uh, we are actively out walking, you know, getting signatures right now, but we'll be doing the door-to-door canvassing as we get into next year. Uh, the primary is March 17th. I believe I will have opponents for the primary. There have been some other gentlemen out, but Uh-oh. we always wait to see who files. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And, uh, yeah, and like I said earlier, you know, I'm gay. I have the support of most all the uh, party organizations throughout the district, the mayors. Uh, uh, obviously, people are familiar with, yes, yes. Supervisor Rebeletti. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's a strong campaign. I feel very confident we'll do well uh, in the primary and, of course, win in November. 
Well, there you have it, folks. Randy, thanks so much for joining us here on Black and Right. We love, look forward to having you um, on again in the future. Uh, Randy Ramey, candidate for State Representative of the 45th District. Thank w- you so much. Wishing you well, Randy. Thanks. Thank you, John. Thank you, Alicia. No problem. Wow. I, you know, when, when I saw that, that Randy was, Randy was um, thinking about running again, I, I sent him a text, I mean, a, a message, and I said, are you crazy? <laughs> you know, uh, as, much as, as much as I feel like I, have, I, I left so much on the table that I wanted to get done and I wasn't able to get done, I really don't know if I could ever go back down there. Now, how long was he a state rep again? I, 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 th- I thought he said seven or eight years ago. And he, was he there when you were um, in the house? No, he was not there when I was in okay. the house. So, um, yeah. Wow, Alicia, this is, I mean, going back down to Springfield, trying to fix this state called Illinois. She's worth fighting for. She's worth fixing. I, so I I'm know. glad I'm glad somebody is, is like of Randy's caliber is looking to go back down there. And he just isn't. He's an example of you never give up. Right. You never give up. You keep fighting. And Illinois is definitely worth fighting for. That's true. So, Alicia, I, I, I have on as, a, as our next guest this this. I'm going to call him a kid because I can. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call him a kid because I can. Um, Everywhere I go in Will County, I mean, everybody's everybody's saying something about this kid's name. Um, He took it upon himself to go out and and, and fix not just Will County, Joliet, but he wants to go out and take his message across the United States of America. So he started a movement. He calls it Freedom, Freedom Movement. USA. I have their executive director, Brandon Harris. Brandon, thanks for joining Black and Right. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. How are you guys doing today? Hey, we're doing all right. Hey, Brandon. How are you? Another Good, Alicia. How about yourself? Full disclaimer, Brandon worked on my campaign as well. I had a lot of people you that did. Uh, helped me out. Brandon was one of those. Brandon saw it. So, Brandon, <laughs> what, what, what are the goals of Freedom Movement USA? What are you guys trying to do? What do you want to do for the, not just the state of Illinois, but across the country? We're trying to get the conservative message out to young people, and I think uh, ultimately, John, the biggest thing we fail at party-wide every year after year is getting young people out and motivated. And after seeing that as taking over the chairmanship here in Will County of the Young Republicans, I decided with a few other community members and talking to you as a, you know somebody that I've always depended on for advice, we jumped up and took a full blast and got lucky, and it's been uh, successful thus far. That's awesome. Hey, um, I've been following you, Brandon, even, you know, um, for the past year or so. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on uh, next week with the Chicago cleanup and uh, Scott Pressler? Uh, so uh, we started about a year back, get this thing moving, and Scott Pressler kind of kept his eye on us once or twice. We followed his Baltimore cleanup and his L.A. cleanup, and they both went pretty national, and uh, the president acknowledged the young man, and he reached out about two months ago and had offered a come to Chicago and ask if I'd like to network it with him, and we took a bite out of it, and it's just been uber successful. Right now, we've got about 2,500 people signed up to show up this upcoming Saturday for the cleanup in Chicago with us, and we're going to be out there cleaning up the streets and showing that, you know, instead of complaining about the problems and, you know, complaining about the issues, we're going to get out and get something done, and it's going to be an honor to have Scott out there. Um, The young man started a little bit more than two years ago, and to date, has about a million people following nationally, and he's bringing that impact here in Chicago for the Republican Party, where we don't get a lot of that impact. I think that's great leading by example. Now, I grew up uh, on Chicago, in Chicago, right around Austin and Chicago Avenue. Where is your cleanup going to be, in case you have other volunteers? You know, we may have some listeners who may be interested in coming out and joining the movement and volunteering next week. 
So right now, Alicia, um, we can get you guys that, that information out. Unfortunately, with Scott, we do not release it until the day before. We do have some protesters coming out. So Father oh. Flager has already said he's coming out to protest us, and we've been getting some flat back from the city. So Scott's PR people have asked us to release that Friday night. But I'll gladly give you and John the details um, once we're off live. That's just per our contract with Scott. We have to release that Friday evening. No problem. And if you have a website, then maybe you can direct them to that website for Friday evening to find out. Um, but. You can go to scottcrunchlow.org or freedommovementusa.com or .org. We have it listed live on both. And then we've also got our Freedom Movement USA Facebook page, which has got the event page up and going. And um, once we're getting people vetted, we are getting them the information out. We're just trying to keep it unpublicized as we're prepared for protesters and a lot of fun. We're going into a Democratic hot zone with quite a few thousand Republicans to clean up their town. Okay, well, you have to help me understand because now you've piqued my interest. I follow Father Flager as well. I was, I was just getting ready to go I there. need to know why you have to help me understand why Father Flager would protest individuals coming out to help clean up the community. So get, please give us please a little bit more of that. Hmm? Scott Presley and the guy is backing this whole cleanup of the log cabin Republicans. So they're uh, taking it as a way to uh, attack the gay community as to where Scott and the log cabin Republicans are coming out and saying, hey, we're leaving our personal things outside our sexuality, our personal beliefs. We're here as conservatives fighting for conservatives. And Father Flegger and a few other guys have made it well known they're going to come out and protest it and make it wow. as... Uh, hard as possible for us to get our job done. Wow, that's so pro-community, isn't it? Hey, um, uh, <laughs> Freedom Movement USA, is, is it is it a pro-Trump, anti-Trump, or just uh, you guys stay, you're staying out of the We're extremely pro-Trump. Uh, we're extremely pro-Trump. As of last week, we're also now a national political action committee. Our paperwork just passed through the federal government, so we will be behind Trump doing free social media trainings all over the country. The next one we have coming up here is in Naperville. We did one about two weeks back, and then I'm off to Michigan come January. We've got Michigan, Philadelphia, and a shop in Florida to do free trainings to educate not only young people but older people on how to get involved in social and share the message of the Republicans and Trump, as well as getting young people signed up and involved in the community. Well, you're, 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 that's, you are a man of so many talents. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Brandon Harris, Executive Director of Freedom Movement uh, USA on Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Um, you are a man of many talents. What else do you do? I mean, is there any other business adventures that you got going on? I own a couple of small marketing firms, and uh, lately, John, it's been 99% politics. I don't know if you've seen my feed, but I wake up, and I've got our candidates for executive and state rep and senate in the living room, and I go to bed, and I'm going to bed, you know, politely pushing mayors of cities and judges out the front door. We're just really focused and uh, focal points on politics right now, but yes, I do market outside of this field. I just found a love for it as I'm picking up, uh, I end up calling guys like you at 9 o'clock at night, talking your ear off, trying to figure out the next step for and the best way to move and navigate through this field. Well, I'm glad he's calling you and not me, because he used to call me at 9 o'clock at night, talking my ear off, but Brandon, Brandon, <laughs> he knows I love him. Brandon has a heart of gold, and Brandon wants to work in the community, and I want to be able to share whatever his message mm -hmm. is. So on Friday, Brandon, once you have that information, let me know. Um, I know I won't be able to make it, but I definitely will share what I can on social media and any of my friends in Chicago that are willing to come out and help clean up the community, regardless of political party affiliation, yeah. is what they should want to do, what's best for the community. So I will definitely would love to share and support you. There you have it. Brandon Harris, Executive Director from the Freedom Movement USA. Hey, Brandon, thanks so much for, for um, joining us today, okay? 
You're very welcome. Thank you, guys. No problem, brother. Take care. I, I, do you get the father figure upset or protesting? That's why I had to ask. You know, remember what I said earlier? Uh-huh. I, I don't. I, I want to. I need to know all the facts. Right. So, Father Flager, in my opinion, has been one of the most outspoken people in a predominantly black community. So, I just can't understand why, if people are coming in to do good and to help and to clean up a community, why someone would have an issue with that. So that's why I needed Brandon to go into that a little bit deeper. I, that shouldn't have anything to do with. Gay, straight, whatever. That has nothing to do with Not cleaning, cleaning up, up a community. Not cleaning up. So I don't understand why we can't separate that and work together for the yeah. things that we have in common. Regardless of Republican or Democrat, we all know the crime that we have in Illinois and the issues that we have with the inner city, some of those areas needing to be cleaned up. If we could do that together as a group, shouldn't matter what, what your party affiliation Boy, is. Boy, she's on that soapbox. Look at I'm it. on it. <laughs> step, step me step a little bit higher. So Alicia, um, I, I don't, I know, I know you. If you look to your right, we we have some strange fellow who's just joined us into the studio. <laughs> now, now, I I actually live in the district which this strange fellow is nice. uh, running for. Nice, and I I don't I don't know if I saw it, an ad or I saw it on Facebook somewhere mm-hmm. or somebody. I think somebody sent me. Hey, so we got a, we we got another person who's just joined the fray. Um, Jerry Evans is an entrepreneur, small businessman, husband, father, and I love this part, man. Yeah. You don't see a lot of people use this part when they want to describe who they are politically. Yeah. And men of God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Guys, we're joined by Jerry Evans, who's running for the 14th Congressional, along with 13,000 other people who are running for the 14th Congressional. Almost, yeah. Right, it's, it's about that much. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Black and Right, and uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot, John and Alicia. It is an honor to be on the program. Thanks so much for having me. And I know that you obviously just mentioned me being straightforward about me being a man of God, and, and I'll be straightforward. Hey, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I'm a graduate of Wheaton College, and I'm absolutely unashamed of being a Christian. I know some people out there would say, hey, Jerry, why would you be upfront about that in politics? And my rhetorical question is, why not? I just mm-hmm. got the chills when he yeah. said that. Why not? Oh, my God. I love it, man. I'm a Christian, too. I take God everywhere I go, even right. when I have conversations with John. Sometimes, <laughs> well, sometimes I need him a little bit more. Sometimes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so, Jerry, we have about, like I said, 13,000 people who are yes. running for the 14th Congressional. Uh, why should the voters send you to Congress? Yeah, great question. Well, I would say, first off, obviously, my wife and I, we are absolutely blessed to do what we love to do every, every day. I obviously, I, owned, uh, I own and as well as I founded a music school. Uh, as well as I own a commercial property and, and a salon. My wife's a model, as well as a personal trainer. And we have an amazing 16-month-old son. So we are so blessed. But as we see what's happening with progressivist and leftist politicians, such as my own uh, representative, push forward policies such as socialism or being sympathetic to socialism or push forward incredibly pro-abortion policies or push forward policies uh, that are just not healthy for our country, my wife and I will just not sit back any longer. So I want to let you know that I am running... And I'm very pa- I want to be very straightforward. With you. I am passionately and excitedly running for Congress in the 14th District of Illinois to go ahead and protect the unborn. I'm running to go ahead and protect uh, the Constitution. I'm running to go ahead and uh, protect businesses and protect the free economy and stop human trafficking uh, and really serve small businesses just like mine and to be a conservative voice back in the halls of Congress. I like you. Have you talked to the former um, Congressman Randy Holkman yet? You know, I've talked with him a few times. I think he's a great guy, and I appreciate his past service. That yeah, he's you better have said that because I would have I reached across. <laughs> Randy's a very close and personal friend of That's mine. That's what so. I'm talking about. 
So yeah. then I think we can be friends too. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I, I got, you got to convince me. Go ahead. Okay, great. So we have a lot in common. I'm an entrepreneur yeah. on my own CPA yeah. firm for over 20 years. Yeah. So I know the struggles that business owners yeah. go through. Sure. So what can you do as a small business owner? Why, help, help us understand how you can take that experience also to Congress and be able to advocate on behalf of people like me that are small business owners yeah. that make up 90% yeah. of the businesses in this country. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, yeah, the amount of small businesses that make up the Illinois economy is immense. I think I've heard that supposedly not around 99% of businesses in Illinois are classified as a small business, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's two things that jumped to my mind, Alicia. The first thing is me being genuine and authentic. I think people would ask me, uh, hey, Jerry, what's your angle? What are you really trying to do here? I have great news for you. I'm going to tell you my angle right now. You ready for this? Go ahead. My name is Jerry Evans. I have no angle. Oh, I'm not interested in that. My wife and I love to live lives of self-sacrifice and purpose the same way that Jesus did. And that obviously plays into the way I do business. And so with the values and mission statement that my music school has and how we run uh, our businesses, we want to serve our community and impact our community. And I want to go ahead and take that to Congress. So I want to make sure, hey, you know what? If you are a business owner and you've got 10 to 12 employees like me and you're doing payroll just like I was doing about an hour ago, mm-hmm. you know, I want to fight for you for lower taxes. I want to fight for you so that your community actually has lower taxes so that they can go ahead and have the money to go ahead and support your business so that you you know, continue to support the president's deregulatory uh, policies so that we can make it easier for businesses to succeed and create jobs. And so I'm sure I could talk about that for a long time, but go ahead, John. Here's the deal. This is, the, this is what I hope you, I never hear you say. Perfect. I'm running for office, but I'm not a politician. <laughs> <laughs> You're running to be a politician. I, no, I, I hate no, when no, I no, hear no, that. You, no, I know, because I should I'm, tell you I'm that. I'm running to be an elected official. In my mind, there's a difference between an elected Correct. official sure. and a politician. Sure. Yeah. Politicians have that negative connotation. Yeah. It does. Elected yeah, sure. officials mean you trusted me enough to elect me to send me here. Yeah. So I have always described myself as an elected official. Yeah. I've never described myself once as a politician because I'm yep. I'm not running to be yeah, a politician. I hear you. But she ran. You were I already ran. an elected official. I'm saying somebody that's not an elected official yeah. who's running for office who says I'm not a politician. I hate when I hear that. You're running. He, you he by default is a politician. Not. He just he doesn't have to say what he's not. He just has to say what he is. He's a man of God and he's going to run to be an elected official. You don't have to tell people what you're not going to be. See, he, he invited me to the show today. Hey, I love it. I love it. Well, Alicia, I'm glad you're on the show. And what I would say, if I could just jump in on that, I, I think a lot of times people have a negative connotation of the word politician because you know what? Uh, there's reason for that. Mm-hmm. And so I think actually we need to redefine what a politician should really be. And I think a politician is not someone who's going out there to be very, very famous or to make tons of money, but is going out there saying, you know what? I want to live a life of self-sacrifice. I want to live a life of service. Mm-hmm. I want to go ahead and live a life where I am actually straightforward with what I believe, but also I'm consistent and authentic and genuine with my principles. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you don't like me at some point because I believe something, hey, you know what? I still like you, and I believe you can respect me because I'm going to stay consistent with my principles. And I think we can go and define that, and that's what I want to do. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Jerry Aarons, 14th congressional candidate. Yeah. Um, Let's 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 move on a little bit more. Yeah, sure. Because I saw something on your website. Yeah. That when it jumped out at me, I said, "Oh, whoa!" <laughs> I think you're uh, you and and what's her name, Catalina Loff. Yeah, Ms. Loff. Yeah. Are probably the only two I've seen do this besides James Martyr. Sure, sure. President Trump has done a lot in terms of shaking up the swamp, but he needs a partner in Congress who will do their part as well. Yeah. So I don't have to ask, are you pro-Trump or anti-Trump? That statement tells me what you yeah, are, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So 
I want to be very straightforward. I support the president and his, and his legislative policies and his economic policies. What he's done with the economy uh, has been phenomenal with you know, historic unemployment or lows for, uh, for women or for minorities. I mean, what he's done with I mean, increasing the average income of a household by $5,000 in, what, two or three years mm-hmm. compared to the, the very small gains during the uh, previous two administrations. I think there are so many things that he does that are amazing. He's very pro-life. He's uh, you know, very pro-religious liberty. He's very pro-family. I think there's amazing things he's doing. And, you know, for me, uh, I'm the type of guy who says, hey, those are all commendable. And he's doing it for free. He's giving up a salary. Correct. Come on. Correct. That's amazing. So I want to support those things that the president is doing that are right. And I do support the president. And one of the things that I have tried to do to help hit home is yeah. for my business owners, yeah. the tax reform act that was passed. That's the most aggressive act we've ever had in the last yeah. 40 years yeah. that actually helps small businesses oh, yeah. like you and I. Absolutely. It allows us to compete a little bit more in the economy that we weren't able to compete before yeah. with some of the big boys. Yeah. People tend again to want to focus on other things like oh, they want to focus on. Well, you know, he made the corporate tax breaks permanent, but he didn't make the other tax breaks permanent that affect you and I. I can tell you as a CPA and tax preparer how I've seen all of my small businesses actually benefit from that. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the things that I would like to ask you to do when you go is to try to make that more permanent because then it helps business owners plan for the future. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I'm... You know, I would be very much in support of making those tax cuts permanent. Yep. You know, sometimes, you know, obviously I'm sure there are reasons out there and I haven't studied the minutia of why those things aren't permanent. But I, I think, hey, why are we even making them temporary? Well, I mean, well, come on, let's go ahead and make them permanent. But, it's because yeah, of the Democratic Party who, who believes in, who doesn't believe I, that I, you deserve more money in your pocket. I've, I've heard of the Democratic Party. So, and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I totally, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I served in the Illinois General Assembly. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, look. You see what happened with all the taxation that happened here. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. Now, you take that and, and, and blow it up exponentially when you go on, on a federal level. I mean, I, I think you guys have your, your hands full, but yeah. I think the House has to get out of the hands of the Democrats because oh, yeah. they've shown you what will happen when they get power. I mean, what, what is your thoughts on this impeachment process? You know what? Uh, I'm, I'm shocked that you would ask me about this yeah, today, John. Of course. <laughs> That's all he so, wants to talk about. So, you know what? <laughs> you know, basically what I would say is this. When a proper impeachment proceeding happens, generally there's a crime, and generally there's an impeachable offense. And I'm reminded of actually a very funny clip from an old-school movie called Spaceballs where they ask them to comb the desert, and they're combing it up, and they don't find anything, and they have this giant comes combing the desert. They don't find anything. And right now, the Democrats don't have a crime. They don't have an impeachable offense. I think this whole process is a sham, and it's an absolute disgrace. There you have it. Uh, so where can the people find you? Where, do you have a website? Um, yeah. What are you doing right now? Are you collecting signatures? How can people help? Yeah, so obviously they can find us on jerryforcongress.com. My, my name is Jerry with a J, jerryforcongress.com. They can follow us on Instagram or Twitter, jerryevans2020. I would love for you to follow us there. And obviously we're hitting the ground with pe- uh, petitioning and collecting signatures. Uh, and obviously I'm doing my share of fundraising and getting out there in front of the voters and supporting, trying to meet small business owners and support them. And uh, you know we would love, if you want to get involved, with a campaign uh, that is going to defeat Congresswoman Lauren Underwood and do it with integrity and consistency and actually fulfill conservative message, go ahead and go on our website and email us. There you have it. Clear, articulate, and a clear message of what he wants to do in Congress. Jerry Evans. Thanks a lot. Candidate for the 14th Congressional District. Thanks hey, for joining us. We're getting us ready to switch Jerry. over to the live radio side. We'll be right back. Don't get out of that car. Turn it up. We'll be right back. Prepare. 
have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Was that your two-step boogie jig? What, what was that? What was that doing going on over there? I was just dancing to the music. It was a nice little beat. <laughs> well, hey, welcome to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Charles Love is off today. So I called a good friend of mine who's also been my accountant for over 16 years, uh, Alicia Benford, to come in to join us. Alicia, say hi to the people. Hello, everyone, and thank you, John, for having me on the show today. Yeah, you, you, you've really been, um, I heard somebody say that you look like you were, um, out baking cookies with, uh, the family with your, with that sweatshirt sweater on. Hey, you know, you gotta have thick skin in politics, so. Uh, and, and, and who said it, though? Oh, he's one of our um, guests today, so I'll make sure I have an opportunity to return that favor. <laughs> so so uh, thanks so much for, for joining us. Uh, if you guys didn't hear that, I'm gonna call him, I can call him a kid, too, right? He's, he's young. I'm 43. Is that, I can call him a kid. You can call whoever you want to call, whatever you want to call him. Oh, I can't stand you. Um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> if you guys didn't hear um, the kid that's running for the 14th Congressional Jerry Evans, you probably want to watch the recap of this show. I thought he was clear. I thought he was articulate. I thought he was somebody that could go to D.C. And um, this is not an endorsement. I, I don't, I'm not doing any endorsements, but I live in that district. And it was, it was, it was good to hear somebody that was as clear and articulate as I, I heard him. Yeah. And it's always good, John, whenever there is a candidate on the ballot that every voter will do everything they can to learn about that candidate, regardless of political party affiliation. Because a lot of times you'll find out that you have a lot in common with some of some of the yeah. candidates, like Jerry, who was here today. He's an yeah. entrepreneur, business owner, you know, which are some of the things that I can definitely relate to. But you can't so, vote. <laughs> but I what? You can't vote for him. I know I can't, but yeah, you're, that's true. I can't vote for him <laughs> unless I lived in well, another county in Illinois, but I don't. <laughs> so so I, I'm really excited about this next case, mm -hmm. right? Um, this next guest that we're, we're going to have on, he's somebody who, uh, when I was down in Springfield, I, I got to really know. Uh, I, I recall when, um, do you remember when Trump came to Springfield? No, I don't. Oh, yeah. It, 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 he's, he's basically sold out the venue down there. And the person that, 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 caught, that brought him down there, oh, no, yes, I do. Yes, this guy's been involved in Illinois politics. I'm telling you, this, this guy right here is the real deal. Uh, he's now running as a candidate for the 15th Congressional District. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the show. Kent Gray, Black and Right, AM560. John, great to be with you guys today. Happy yeah. Saturday. Y'all, happy. It was always a happy Saturday, man. Come on, we're on the, we're on the air on, on, on AM560, so it's always a, a happy Saturday. So, dude, um, I'm, I'm joined here with Alicia Benford. Um, I'm, really, Hi, I'm a little upset with you. I'm a little upset with you because you and I have been <laughs> talking back and forth, and you hit this very well for me. You know, I, I'll never forget being in Springfield when you helped organize that then-candidate Trump visit. You know, I remember people saying, oh, he's crazy, he's a whack job, and all that stuff. But when, they saw, when, they, when, when you saw the crowd, did you feel justified in bringing President Trump down to Springfield? Oh, I'll tell you what, I was amazed. So uh, it's kind of a funny story. So I joined the Trump campaign basically essentially late summer of 15, and then in September I went on payroll. Uh, and, you know, my 
my main job was really to get him on the ballot in Illinois, which is a challenging thing to do for a presidential candidate. Yes, it you is. need about 35,000 signatures. And we were over in Iowa, actually, for an event. Um, and I ran into some of the, the, the staff, you know, that I got to meet some of the folks in person for the first time. I think we were over in uh, Burlington. And then the next week I was out in, in New York. We had a big senior staff meeting out at Trump Tower, which was a lot of fun. And when I saw these guys, they're like, just so you know, we're going to come to Springfield in probably two and a half weeks. And I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, we are, we're going to come to Springfield. It's your hometown. You know, we've announced you as the state director. He's going to come to Springfield, see if he can get a place to have an event. So luckily I knew the guy that ran the uh, Prairie Capital Convention Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave us a great, you know, it was the, the, the regular price during the week, but there was an open date that worked for Mr. Trump's uh, calendar. And so we rented the place, and uh, about, I don't know, four days ahead of time, I get uh, the guy who runs the place says, hey, you know, can we can we have the concession stands open? Because we were only paying him like $5,000 for, right. for the whole building. Oh, wow. And I said, yeah, sure, that's fine. So about two days out, he says to me, he goes, is there any chance we can sell beer? <laughs> and I said, you know, that sounds like a horrible idea, <laughs> but... I think we ought to do that. And so we sold beer at it, and Uh-oh. we were the last rally that he had before he took Secret Service protection the next week. Wow. And he's had Secret Service protection since then. And it was a wild and raucous uh, rally. So, so so, I got hired by a guy that I worked for uh, uh, under the Dole campaign back in the mid-1990s. He ended up being the number two guy in the Trump campaign. So he hired wow. me, and I said, hey, I'll... I'll meet Mr. Trump at the Prairie Capital Convention Center when he gets out of the car, and you know, because I want to make sure, because I'm an old advanced guy, I like doing events. <laughs> so I'll be on site, make sure everything's okay. He said, absolutely not. You will be out at the airport on the side of the plane when he pulls up and greet him when he wow. gets off the plane. And I said, okay, all right, all right, I'm fine. <laughs> and um, and I said, can I bring my kids? And he said, sure, yeah, bring your kids. So it was just me and my two kids and uh, Harrison and Oliver, and they were at the time, I think, six and ten. And so we're standing, you know, plane pulls up. I got a great photo of them jumping up and down when the plane's pulling up. They roll the stairs over, and staff comes down, which is basically Corey Lewandowski and Hope Hicks and Keith Schiller, and, and those folks come down. And all your here friends. Comes Mr. Trump. Just all of your friends, right? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and so he comes down, and, you know, he says, Kent, it's great to be here. Is it a good crowd? And I said, sir, when I left to come out here, it was you know, almost packed, and it's going to be just an overflow crowd. Yeah. And he said, that's great. And I said, can I introduce you to my oldest son? So my oldest son is 10 years old at the time, going down about 94. And he says, he says, Mr. Trump puts out his hand, shakes his hand, very nice to meet you, welcome to Springfield, Illinois, the home of President Abraham Lincoln. And Donald Trump's like, oh, good boy, good, you know, he's impressed, <laughs> right? And then I introduce my, my youngest son, I said, sir, this is my youngest son, Oliver. And Oliver pulls a little thing that I had just seen in the movie Frozen a couple months before, he slips behind my leg, points at Donald Trump, and starts yelling, Monster, 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 (laughs) which is a scene from Frozen. Yeah, I remember. Now, I can't tell you the words that went through my mind on radio. (laughs) I can only imagine. But I saw my job disappear that night before we even had the rally. (laughs) And he starts laughing, and he says, Oh, my my grandkids love that movie. Those My girls, they love that movie. We watched it three times. He knew. Hey, 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 but, but you can't. And what, that probably what, saved my job. Hey, Kent, what? Okay, what made you decide to get into the craziness and run for office, though? Come on, I mean, you you've seen well, it all. I, you know, I'll be honest with you. 
I spent 18 years as a community college trustee, so I ran when I was 29 uh, in a pretty big district. So in Illinois, community college trustees are elected, and uh, the district that I represented was about 335,000 people, which is not as big as a congressional district, but it's you know, it was like 15 counties. And uh, so I did that for a long time, and I'd always wanted to serve in the legislature like you did. Um, had, had a couple chances and it hasn't worked out. Uh, wasn't really looking at all to run for Congress, but the, but it was a very big surprise that Congressman Shimkus um, yeah. decided he was going to retire this this cycle. Everybody expected him to serve another couple years, yeah. and then retire when they redo the map for the congressional districts and legislative districts with the census. And he decided he wanted to leave early. And I'll be honest with you, very few people have expressed much of an interest in this seat. Uh, certainly not the, what I would call the big names in the district. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, I had some I had some friends who were like, I think I might run for it. And I was encouraging them, you know, back in September. And then everybody's like, no, I don't think I'm going to do it. And I thought to myself, well, if nobody else is going to do it, I think I'll run. It's the most Trump district in Illinois. Uh, it's an incredibly Republican district. Can, can you and, tell us uh, a little bit? Honest- can you tell us a little sure. bit about the 15th district? What areas does that cover? I'm, I'm in the 11th so the, district. John's in the 14th. Tell us about the 15th yeah. for our listeners. What areas so the 15th cover? is is downstate Illinois. Um, and so since it's south of Bolingbrook, you guys would call it southern Illinois. <laughs> uh, and it's <laughs> it's actually probably anything south of about the uh, the Eisenhower's considered uh, southern Illinois for most Chicagoans. But um, so basically, if you think about the Champaign-Urbana area over by the Indiana border, uh, this district starts around Danville, which is just north of Champaign. It wraps around Champaign-Urbana, and then it basically takes up the entire eastern half of the state all the way down to uh, Metropolis and Paducah, Kentucky, across the river. And then it's got a, an arm that sticks across to St. Louis area and gets uh, Congressman Shimkus's house uh, so that he's <laughs> just in the district. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, it, it is about that bad. Um, but uh, but it's 33 counties. Um uh, parts of four, but but twenty nine, I think, full counties, and it's basically a third of the Illinois geographic landmass. Hey, Kent, but Kent to give you, you got, an you got idea, twenty seconds. Yeah. Hold on, you got twenty seconds to tell people how to reach you. How can people find out about your campaign and and help you out on the uh, campaign trail? You can get Citizens for Kent Gray on Facebook. Uh, KentGray.us is my website, and uh, you can email me if you'd like some in- additional info at Kent at KentGray.com. Kent, we got to have you on again because uh, we got to talk about that delegate mess that that happened with. Oh. Trump. <laughs> Guys, if you just join us, Kent Gray, candidate for the 15th Congressional District. Um, Coming up, um, we talk to Deontay Johnson, Black Voices for Trump. You're listening to AM560, The Answer, Black and Right. We'll be right back. And now, more of Black and Right on AM560. Here are your hosts, John Anthony and Charles Love. Welcome back to AM560, The Answer. You're listening to Black and Right. I'm joined here today by my good friend, Alicia Benford. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me on the show. I mean, you know, you you know the reason why I didn't cut Ken off and I wanted to hear? I love hearing the behind the scenes stuff, that stuff that you none of us would ever know unless you got somebody to tell you what was going on. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a a, a great story. Monster, monster. I thought it was an interesting story. (laughs) I bet his his, his heart fell into his toes. Yeah, especially when you have small kids, you never know what they're going to say when they are out in public with you at times. And, and as you know, kids say the darndest things. Oh, I thought yes, that was a, that do. was a great show. Was that Cosby or who started uh, that? Kids say the, the, I think it. Well, yeah, he was a host for. Was a while. that Foxworthy? 
No, that was Cosby. I it was think. one. I don't know who yeah. it was. It was one of them. Um, Alicia, I, I, I know we both are going to be happy to hear from my next guest. Um, he, this, this kid, and I, I definitely can call him a kid. He's a kid kid. Uh, you were his secretary today, too. Uh, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, be, before I introduce him, before I bring him on, I want to I play a clip. Um, you remember when candidate Trump won? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, to me, it was like out of the blue. He started focusing in on the black population when he was running for president, and he simply just said this: "Look how much African American communities have suffered under Democratic control." To those, I say the following: What do you have to lose? We're joined by the president of Black Conservative Federation. He's the, he was the field director for Trump 2016. He was the regional coordinator for Carson for America. And now he sits on the advisory council for Black Voices for Trump. We're joined by no, no other, none other than Deontay Johnson. Deontay, welcome to the show. Hey, John. It is an honor to be on uh, amongst two amazing people, Alicia Benford included. I'm um, just <laughs> excited to be on. He said included, though. I know. He's going to be on his best behavior right now because we're on the air. Hi, Deontay. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Alicia. How are you? I'm great. So, so Deontay, talk to us. Talk to us about, I mean, how did you get this, this special honor to be advisory counsel to the president on, on Black uh, Voices for Trump? What, how did this go about? How did this come about? Well, I think it's because of my uh, support of the president and support of his policies from 2016 all the way until present day um, throughout the entire administration, making sure that we're supporting everything that he's done, because I don't know about you guys, but this president has done so much, so much when it comes to the black community. When we talk about $360 million that has been given to HBCUs last year, and then this year, $404 million that has been placed into the uh, budget for HBCUs, HBCUs alone, but then we talk about nine nine. 9,000 opportunity zones that has been placed around this country. We talk about the uh, criminal justice reform that was done by partisan vote, but just so much now in criminal justice reform, the First Step Act, the Second Chance hiring. There's so much happening, and we need people that are going to be able to continue to promote what's happening and promote uh, the president and all the good things that the president is doing. And so who else... Uh, they called the president of the Black Conservative Federation um, and asked him to join. And as you know, Deontay, I'm a product of an HBCU, Florida A&M University graduate. I move. Um, and I know the importance of not only kids being college educated, but being able to attend a college that's affordable. And HBCUs are affordable regardless of race. They're affordable. So to know that we have an administration that is making sure that our kids can still achieve that American dream is something that, um, I do appreciate. So why don't you tell us, Deontay, why are you a black conservative? Why am I a black conservative? You know, uh, the president of the Heritage Foundation said it best, and someone asked her what was a black conservative. She said a black conservative is someone who dares to believe the teachings of their grandparents, mm. someone who dares to believe the teaching of their grandparents, someone who, uh, and when I, when I, by that I mean is economic stability educational advancement, community involvement, uh, free enterprise, 
our love for Christ. Those are those are some important those are some important components of being a conservative. When we talk about our love for the First and Second Amendment, uh, when we talk about just wanting to have a piece of the American dream. Okay, why don't you share with some of our listeners what are some of the goals of the coalition? Um, so some of the goals of the coalition, the first thing is to where we're no longer window dressing. We're no longer, you know, it's not a one size fit all for politics. We all have, you know, we all have needs. And so the black community has needs as well. And President Trump, as he said, what do you have to lose? That's true. What do you have to lose? The black community is going to be thriving again under Trump. Uh, but the main important goal is four more years so we can make that, make sure that that happens. Um, the liberal, the liberal, the left, they have not benefited us as black conservatives or blacks in general. And being in Illinois, I'm sure me being from Illinois and you guys being from Illinois, you guys know that Illinois is ran by Democrats. It has been ran by Mike Madigan since before I was born, (laughs) since, you know, since you guys were in high school or, or Uh we were just born. born. Jeez, man. These little millennials, Yeah, man. I know. I know. I know he tried to get that dig in there. But go ahead, Deontay. Continue. Hey, I got to do it if I get I got to do it on air. No, no, because then um, you know but, when you show out is where you get worked out. Don't do that wait, on air. Wait, he did say he was going to get you back on air, though. He did. He did. But I, I cut him down because I have the mic. So uh, here you go. Why are we creating this coalition? Can you tell us a little bit about that? So the coalition was created, like I said, it's a one a one size fit all approach would not uh, suffice with today's dynamic, you know, a voter profile, a bro- the dynamic of the of the average voter. Okay, uh, black voters, you know, we need strategic messaging. We need we need to make sure that I was always tell people is the black community is one of the m- most emotional voters, mm. and there's we have needs. We have yeah. needs that have to be met. You can't just show up in November and show up to our churches and then expect that we're going to automatically vote for you. You have to work for our vote, and that's why the coalition is there. It's because President Trump has not just shown up in November, but he has shown up since 2017 when he said, when he took his oath for office at the U.S. Capitol, that he was going to work for all Americans, including black Americans. Making America great again is not just making white America great again. It's making black America great again. It's making Latino America great again. It's making America great again. And as an American, he's fighting for me. He's fighting for each of you. And he's fighting for everyone that's listening. Okay. And I have one more question before I turn the mic back over to Mr. John Anthony. What is it that you want to tell the black voters in Illinois? The black voters in Illinois, I want to tell them one thing is to look at the current elected officials. You have a governor who has raised your taxes. You have a <laughs> governor who has put illegal immigrants before black Americans. And you have a governor who has not put our students first has not put he he caves to the teacher unions he caves to all the unions but he hasn't put our students first wow. he hasn't put our workers first and he hasn't put making sure that we have jobs in Illinois people are leaving Illinois but not yeah. just people businesses are leaving Illinois and we need to bring them back and so you have a governor that is not making the economy in Illinois even even better and so 
But this has happened time and time again that Democrats have continued to fail the black community. Hey, hey, They're failing the black community at a, at, at a rate, at Deontay, a large rate. I, I got, you got to give this to Governor Prisca. And I got a question, but you got to give this to Governor Prisca. At least he did reach out to um, Donald Trump. Um, but here, here's, here's a question. Here's, here's something that I want to know. What does the media and Trump critics get wrong about who he really is away from the lights and camera? Because, you know, they, they, they've created this caricature of who he is. But people like you who've seen them behind the scenes know how he really is. Talk to the listeners about who Trump, who is Donald J. Trump? Donald J. Trump is someone who truly loves America. He's a patriot. Anytime, you know, he, anytime someone gives up a lifestyle, Donald Trump doesn't need to be president. He didn't need to be president. He didn't need to be president for the money. He doesn't need, he, he, he's, not a, he's not a politician. He's not someone that's going to be bought. He is someone who truly loves America, and he's fighting for America. President Trump, as I see, he has, he has made goals. For himself, and he is he he is achieving them step by step. Mm. But the biggest thing is President Trump loves America. He loves Black Amen. Americans. He loves Latino Americans. Deontay, you got America's ten seconds. Home. How can the people reach you? Course. You got ten seconds. How can the people find out about people. you? People can uh, visit us at the Black Conservative Federation uh, by keying in Black Conservative Federation. They can visit us at blackgop.us. If they want to find out more about the Black Voices for Trump, they can key in Black Voices for Trump into Facebook or visit blackvoices.donaldjtrump.com and find out more about the coalition. Deontay Johnson, you listen to Black and Right live on AM560 The Answer. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right on AM560 with John Anthony and Charles Love. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. No dancing on that one, Alicia? No. <laughs> Charles Love is out. <laughs> oh, 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 come on. Oh, look at her. Break it down. <laughs> he just has to have some oh. reason to pick on me today. Well, you know what? I get to bully you today because you, you bully me every day. I do not. That's a very strong word, John. You're a bully. I just tell you the correct things to all of the wrong things that you say. Don't believe her. She's, <laughs> she's, she's not telling you the truth. <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoyed um, Deontay's interview. I think I really think this is what I've always felt about the president. Uh, I know you had it, it took some coaxing for you to, to come into that understanding, but I think you're coming along just well. <laughs> I think it's always good to allow everybody <laughs> to have their perspective. <laughs> so I, today, I wanted today to be about, you know, introducing candidates, introducing people who are trying to get candidates um, to run, introducing candidates to, because if you, if you watched the show last week, I, we talked about what were the problems in Illinois. So then I wanted to show the people who were running to fix what those problems were, which we also supply solutions for. So I I, I, I I sent my buddy a, a Facebook message and said, hey, you want to be on the show? You took a long time to answer, too. I, I was like, what the heck? So joining us in studio is uh, Jesus. I hope I get this right. If I butcher it, please forgive me. Jesus Salario Jr. He's, right. the, <laughs> he's, a former, he's a, currently the campaign finance director for Strive Strategies. He's a former senior outreach director for the Illinois GOP. He's now the chairman of the Republican National Hispanic, Hispanic Assembly. Thanks so much for joining us on Black and Right. How are you? Thank you for the invitation. And I am also running for a 23rd Ward Republican committeeman out in uh, Chicago. So. Oh, you're crazy, too. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. one of those, <laughs> especially in deep, deep. 
Blue Chicago. And yeah. Where's the 23rd Ward exactly? It happens to be adjacent to a gentleman named uh, Mike Madigan. Oh, so. <laughs> ouch. Yes. So go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was asking yeah. geographically where it is. You know, so most a, people don't understand the ward numbers. Correct. So it's the southwest side of the city. So it basically encompasses Midway Airport, okay, uh, Marquette Park, Chicago Lawn area. It's a his, uh, heavy Hispanic ward. Okay. So, so I saw that you were appointed to some earlier. I, I told you I gave you a shout out about something about recruiting. Um, was this position with the Chicago GOP, Cook County GOP, or Illinois GOP as far as looking for minority candidates, right, to run for office? It, was it Cook, Chicago, and, and, and what's, what's the purpose? What's the stated goal for this group? Yeah, so uh, obviously we had a really bad 2018 cycle. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Chairman uh, Sean Morrison appointed me to run. Love Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, appointed me to run a uh, candidate recruitment committee, mm-hmm. and it's basically to find well-qualified, diverse candidates, not only for this coming up le- uh, election, but also for the next couple of cycles. Because oh. I think that's that's an issue that we've really not looked into, that we need to start building up a bench. Um, so the uh, chairman appointed me, and uh, we're looking for a candidate. So um, one of the first things that Chairman Morrison did was uh, improve and update the uh, the website. So... Um, if you're interested in running, go to the website. It's uh, cookcountyrepublicans.com. Um, submit your information. I've been meeting with individuals for the last couple of months. Um, we need everything from across the board, from uh, ward committeemen, state reps, state senate, you know, all the so way you're up trying to, to you're trying to have everybody have a, uh, an opponent in this upcoming election. Basically, we, we want to bring the fight to Democrat. That's something that we've not seen in a How very long time. Um, so we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. So we need we need a lot of work and a lot of help. Um, so we want to make sure, again, that we're bringing that fight to Democrats and, and we're putting qualified candidates up against these Democrats. Because I believe it's about 80 percent of uh, Democratic incumbents haven't had a real Republican opponent in a while. I would agree. In the Cook County area, in that is County true. Very, it's very heavily Democrat. So it's always good, especially, like you said, to for accountability purposes as well, to have candidates that are able to run. So if there is a current incumbent and you're not happy with that incumbent, that com- incumbent has not been listening to what your needs are in the community, you got to bring the challenge to them so that they know um, they have to be accountable and they have to serve everybody in the community when they're elected into office. It's no longer Republican or Democrat. You're bipartisan elected. Exactly. Official. And also we need to give voters options. Right? Yeah. Oh, We've seen at a national level that a lot of the policies that have been enacted by the president and by the Republicans are helping red states like Texas. But you hear complaints here in Illinois. And what's the main reason? We've been run by Democrats for decades. So those policies aren't really being seen here at a local level. Right, because even even if we we win the gubernatorial seat, we're still being run by uh, the Madigan machine, the uh, John Culleton, who just, you know, it's going to resign come January. What do you think about? What are your thoughts on that? I thought that uh, it, it's a very uh, suspicious time to, to quote unquote retire. Right? Yeah. He's been uh, in politics for such a long time, and for him just to retire out of the blue, I think we are definitely going to have to pay attention to to what comes out to uh, uh, with with uh, the president. Hey, call us. Yeah. Call us. We want to know what's on your mind. Three one two six four two five six zero zero. That's three one two six four two five six zero zero. Do you believe uh, what Jesus is telling us that it's it's, it's high time that Democrats had a um, opponent throughout the, the entirety of the state of Illinois? 
I completely agree. If you think about it, every statewide elected office is run by one party. You know, they have control of the House, they have control of the Senate, they have control of everything. So we need some checks and balances in our state government from both sides. Yeah, you're listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. Hey, so you're going to stay with us throughout the rest of the show, correct? Yeah, I can stick around. Oh, I love it now. We're <laughs> going to get on them. Uh, we'll be right back after the break. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony and Charles Love on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Uh, I saw this name, and I always, every time I'm around this guy, I don't know, because he's like, he looks like he's like, you know, super muscular, and, and he look, he gives you that look, and you get afraid. Uh, we got somebody calling in from, Sean from Elmwood Park. Hey, Sean, what's going on, bud? I'm afraid. Not much. I work out a little bit, but come on, I'm not muscular. I, you know, I mean, I put a little effort into it. All right, what's your but, two um, cents? Listen, I got to tell you, I'm listening, and this is wonderful, and I love the energy I do. And I'm going to tell you, I firmly believe the hope for Chicago and for Illinois is within the new immigrant capitalist. I think that the Chicagoan in general has become used to the mafia, because you do realize you're not running against a political party. No. You're running against a mafia. And it's not decades. It's 100 years. These are workers. They're voting their own interest. These are people who are voting their the, the purse from. They're benefiting from the corruption. Oh yeah. So you're it's it's beyond an uphill battle. So the way to beat it is going to be with the new implant to it, who can't can't break in. Ironically, the only thing that ever is, the opportunity lies with the immigrant. Yeah. So I love the fact that the Latin immigrant, for the most part. Are entrepreneurs. They're actually natural capitalists. Yes. And it's going to be great, but the reality, I mean, come on, everybody, we're a joke. You realize that nationwide. When you go out of the boundaries of Illinois, we're a laughing stock. Oh, yes. He's got colored and retiring. He's running from prosecution, hoping to get into his, his, you know, just in his old years and not go to the Hooskow. That's what they're all doing. But he sat there for the last 30 years, and everybody knew what he was. It's true. He's a scumbag. <laughs> but the problem is, who keeps voting him in are the mentally corrupted. Well, that's why we have people like and the Jesus. Republic. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think it's great. Yeah. I really do. But, Jesus, I'm calling because what's plan B, kid? Where are you going to head to? <laughs> what, what do you mean, plan B? What state? Oh no! I, what, what state do you have an eye on? Where are you, you going to flee when you when you realize when you're old like me? Yeah, no. So um, my parents moved here when I was nine months old. I was born in Texas, so I can just pack up and move back to Texas. I hear it's lovely. So my plan is to stick around right. here and and rebuild up the party and start looking for those uh, candidates that we can put up and and you know start fighting that machine. And like you said, that's another opportunity that we have. It's the it's all the corruption. People are just sick and tired of constantly hearing of you know the next state representative the state, state next state senator that's just being indicted and arrested so we have a huge opportunity here in the city to really capitalize on that you know what it came to me when when i would go you know i'm from melrose park they're friends of mine brothers when you grow up in those neighborhoods they're family they're not friends right right and these are great guys and they think the way we all do i'm going to tell you right now they think the way they all do but when election time comes they step and fetch and they vote for that scumbag democrat that's how that system works. That's when I realized 
you got to you, you can be optimistic, but at a certain point, you're in denial of reality. So I'm hoping I'm wrong. You're wrong, brother. But in the We're event you know it. some people that want to come to Florida, I'm always fishing <laughs> for a sale. All right. Hey, Sean, thanks so much for so, joining us, brother. We really appreciate your comments. The great show. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. He's he's right though, and you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm that's that's one of the reasons why. I, I did this show today. That's one of the reasons why last week, we, as I said earlier, we pointed out what the problems were in Illinois, what are the solutions, and I, I believe we have somebody who's running um, to change that. Um, I, she's, I mean, this, if you guys have not heard her speak, step back, step, step over to, to your left a little bit because she's a firebrand. <laughs> um, but she's, she, first of all, she's a stay-at-home mom, the most important job ever, in my opinion. I did it for 16 months. The hardest thing I've ever had to do um, she's the candidate for the second congressional district, Teresa Rayborn. Welcome to Black and Right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you have a very unique perspective on uh, the second congressional district and the, the challenges that the second congressional district faces. Uh, why don't you talk to our listeners about how, what, what that perspective is? Well, first of all, I was born and raised in the second congressional district. Um, this district has been in Democrat hands for 66 years, almost 67 years. And the city of Chicago has been in Democrat hands and control for over 100 years. So and, Sean was right. Yes, <laughs> yes. And what we're seeing happen, happening in the 2nd Congressional District is that it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Not only do we have all of the crime that's going on and the shootings, there was just one uh, that happened in Country Club Hills uh, just a couple days ago, and the very intersection where that shooting happened happens to be an intersection I travel through almost on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So this, all, all that's happening right there is is what is affecting me and affecting my family because now I'm afraid to take my kids to Sonic. Correct. And um, what some of the other things that we see going on in the second congressional district is how the Democrats have been using and abusing the people. Um, now, this district actually includes all of Kankakee County, the eastern parts of Will County, and the south suburbs of Cook County, and then a little sliver of Chicago. Now, what's going on is the property tax rates in um, the suburbs in these black majority communities that are already suffering from poverty, uh-huh. they're getting charged property tax rates that are the highest in all of Cook County. As a matter of fact, they're, they are charging as much as four, five times as much as what wow. they're charging in the white, wealthy northern suburbs. And we also have the school closings are at an epidemic. So, Teresa, you, you, you can stay with us um, for the last segment, okay. correct? Uh, so, so everything that Sean just said, you're laying it out. And when was the last time somebody ran in the second congressional that was a Republican? You know, we'll answer that after the break. Hey, you listen listening to uh, Black and White on AM560, The Answer. We'll be right back with Alicia, Jesus, and Teresa. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Uh-oh, no dancing, no two-step. <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Uh, before the break, we were talking with uh, second uh, congressional district candidate, Teresa Rayborn. Um, finish up. Talk to the people. Why are you running? What, what possesses a person to want to run in the second congressional district, which I, when was the last time there was a Republican? I have no idea of a Republican running. Um, what happened? What? 
what's going on? The, the, the question really should be when's the last time we've had a serious Republican? Uh-oh. Because there have been people in, but they haven't really been putting forth much of an effort to actually flip the district. And one of the reasons why I'm in this race is because as a mom, I love children. I used to have a licensed home daycare. Oh, wow. I love children. And watching these children dying in the streets and dying and getting shot while they're in their home, it, this, this cannot happen, not in our country. And no one's doing anything about it. And with the schools shutting down and everything, we're, we are taking away opportunities from children. Mm-hmm. This is our future. And if no one else is going to step forward and do something about it, I am. Wow. If you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. That's why I'm in this race. Because I can't sit on the sidelines anymore. We are a laughing stock throughout the country. And this district needs real solutions. And I've got those solutions on my website. I have over 30 bills to tackle all of wait, the wait, different... Wait, wait, wait. You've already developed a, a, a plan to go to, go to um, Washington with and you've developed bills and everything already? Wow. Not only do I have the bills ready, I'm asking people to go to my website, take a look at it, and if there's anything you think I need to modify, send me an email and let me know so that when I get to Washington, I can introduce our solutions, not mine. My first day, January 3rd, 2021, I'm going to put my hand on the Bible, raise my right hand, take my oath of office, and immediately throw these bills into the hopper. And my time in Washington will be spent getting my colleagues on board with my bills so we can get solutions because this needs to change and it needs to change now. I told you. So, 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 Jesus, this, this is my problem. This is one of my biggest problems with the, with the Illinois Republican Party. You have someone like this who's running. I mean, you hear the passion in her voice. I think she has. I think she has some of the some stated goals. I mean, I'm sure Sean would love her. Uh, I'm a redhead. You, you kind of sound like <laughs> Sean from Sean from Elwood Park a little bit right there. Uh, but why isn't the Republican Party helping or trying to send help to, to to somebody that's running in this district? I know it's a congressional district, but still, send bodies. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, 2018 was really rough for us, and we're still rebuilding um, as a state party, but. I think what we need to do is we have a lot of individuals that are out there that I call the keyboard warriors that are Uh-oh. constantly, constantly complaining about the status of the Republican Party. So what I want to say to these individuals is get off the keyboard, go outside and volunteer uh, their time with candidates like uh, Teresa. Amen. You know, that's how they're going to be effective. Yeah, the Republican Party still needs a lot of work, but we need bodies. We need people helping out, going door to door making calls, hosting events. We need those boots on the ground. That's what's really important, especially when you have candidates like Teresa that are running because of the passion and because of the change that they see that they need in their community. Teresa? And a lot of people think that if they donate to a campaign that they have to donate a hundred, five hundred, a thousand. No, you don't. I actually have it on my website that you can go and donate. You can donate even a dollar a month, but you can do it as a monthly thing. $5 $5 helps a lot. Amen. It's and gas you, money. And you're joined in studio by your husband, Rick, your daughters, Hannah, Haley, and Holly. Hi, gals. Oh, they're very shy. Uh, fi- final thoughts. Ten seconds. Alicia. My final thoughts. I enjoyed meeting all the candidates today. It's important to know who the candidates she are. Can't so listen. thank you. Hey, Sue, se- five seconds. Quick. Uh, go to cookrepublicanparty.com if you're interested in running, even if you're uh, interested in running now or in the future. We need you. Teresa, five seconds. And and let's flip this district and let's free the people of the 2nd Congressional District in the state of Illinois. Thank you for joining us today to, to learn about candidates running for office. Join us next week when we talk about mental health 
in our community, which something is just we really have to talk about. Get rid of the stigma. Thanks so much for joining in the fastest two hours of radio. See you next week.